Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord. God, you woke us up today. You've given us breath in our lungs. You've poured into us, Lord. And here we are in your house, ready to receive from you. God, would you minister to us? Would you speak to us? Would you bring your word alive? God, would it give us wisdom and direction in our life? Help us to take next steps. At the same time, God, would it bring conviction and challenge? God, all so that we can grow closer to you. Bless us today. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So as I mentioned before, we are in a series called Perseverance. Someone say Perseverance. Perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. To break free, to grow, to mature, to develop, to overcome, to persevere. You know, many of you have already experienced perseverance and you've been able to break free from certain areas. But I want to tell you this, that if maybe you're at that place and you're still dealing with some things and you haven't been able to overcome them yet, if you apply these things to your life, you're going to watch what God does in your life. Let them sink in. So church, as we get into this today, let it, let it sink in. Let it hit home. Let it inside. And I want to encourage you and caution you. Don't underestimate the small things. Here's what happens. God did something small in your life, and sometimes we look at it as small, and we, we don't really celebrate it for what it is. But if God did it, then celebrate it. Shout it from the rooftops. Let people know what God has done in your life. You don't got to wait till God's raised somebody up from the dead to, to tell people about it. But if God has blessed you in any way, celebrate it. Recognize it that it was the hand of God in your life. That just as we've been studying, all good things come from him. In that same way, I want to caution you not to ignore other areas of your life that you might feel are less significant. You know, sometimes we're dealing with something, but we, we, we got this like big thing going on, but we're missing this other little thing. We think, okay, well, that's not even important because I got I to gotta deal with this other thing. And sometimes we miss this thing that has the, the power to hinder us and hurt us. And today, as we get into James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, we see this very same thing, how something so small has the power to hurt us. This is what it says in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, he opens up addressing teachers, and he almost leads you to believe that this is what he's going to be talking about, but there's so much more, something he's trying to speak to the church in its entirety, it says this in verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Also, excuse me, able also to bridle, what does bridle mean? To control his whole body. Verse 3, now we're getting into where we're going with this, okay? This is this, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Now I want to pause it before I continue. We're barely starting chapter 3 of the book of James. This is the second time he brings up the tongue. Why? Do you know he wrote this 2,000 years ago? He's talking about the tongue. He's talking to the church. He's saying, listen, your tongue is going to get you in trouble. 
You're going to say things that are going to hurt people. You're going to say things that are going to hurt you. Things are going to come out. You're going to wish you didn't say them, but it's going to be it's going to come out and hurt. And church, the truth is, even though it's been 2,000 years ago, we still do with that same thing. Our tongues get us in trouble. We say things that we shouldn't say, and, and, and stuff happens. And God's wanting to work in each and every one of us in this area this morning. It says this in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire and a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Now, James, he's just giving it straight to us, and I love that. Every bit of this message series, every bit of this, of this, uh, uh, of this part of Scripture that we're in, is James is just saying, here it is. And he opens up by talking about the, the teachers. He says, listen, these, these are the things. If you've you, you know, you got to be a teacher, you're going to be held at a higher standard. And all of those things are true. But then he leads us into where he's going. The tongue. The tongue has power. The tongue can get us in trouble. And so there's two things that I want you to know about the tongue. What do I need to know about the tongue? Number one, number one it has the power for direction in your life. It has the power for direction in your life. Do you know that your tongue could take you down paths that you don't want to go? Do you know your tongue could open up doors for you that you're like, wow, this is great. And your tongue could take you down a road that you wouldn't even wish upon anyone else. You wouldn't, I, I would never in a million years wish that upon somebody, but your tongue can do it all by itself. You know, your tongue can give hope and peace and healing, and at the same time, it can be destructive. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Power and power of life and death. Power of life and death. If, if you lived any amount of time, which you're here this morning, you know this is true, right? You know this is true. It, it, can, it can build and it can destroy. It can tear down. It can speak to someone's identity and make them feel less than. And you can say so much or receive so much that it begins to affect who you are, how you relate to people. Then at some point, because of the walls that you built up, relate, affect how you relate to God. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, it says this. Some people make, what does it say? Cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. See, what you don't realize and we don't understand sometimes is the words that come out of our mouth can actually cut people. You, you don't need a sword. You don't need a knife. Uh, words will cut. They cut. They hurt. You think, well, oh, man, am, am, I, am I bleeding physically? No. 
but it's leaving a scar. It's, it's leaving something in your life that you come to the place and you're like, I'll, I'll never forget what's happened to me. They become reminders of how you've been hurt. You've heard that saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You heard that? Because the next time I'm facing a situation, I might just try and get you before you get me because I'm not trying to get hurt again. Sometimes this, this, this naturally comes out. All kinds of words will come out. All in the name of protecting myself so that I never get cut like that again. And the tongue can get us in trouble. You know what it says in Proverbs chapter 6? It says six things, seven things that the Lord hates. I want you to check this out. Look what's on this list. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. Next slide. A heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. Trying to create division. There's seven things, and as part of the seven things, he says a lying tongue. A lying tongue. It doesn't even need to come out with harsh words. Sometimes it's smiling at you. Sometimes it's coming with a hug. But you don't know how those words are going to uh, uh, change the direction of someone's life. How those words are going to lead someone down one path or how it's going to even change your path. Because once you begin to say a lie and believe a lie and keep the lie going, believe the lie going, now you believe it. Now it becomes part of your new reality. Come on, somebody. Everyone's quiet today. I don't know. What are we talking about? It's just a little tongue, right, pastor? That's it. That's it. It's not even a big deal. There are more important things in life, right? But in James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, it says this. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Here's the thing. Sometimes what comes out of your mouth might not just cut that person today, but they might also be feeling it tomorrow and a week from now and a month from now and a year from now. And it, it, what you said may even affect from generations to generations and they're living in a self-identity because of what has, how they've been cut by words. There's a slide. Let me, no. Uh, is there a no? Yeah, that one. You get the idea how a small fire can set something ablaze? How many of you have ever ridden a horse? How many of you are like, I would never get on a horse? You're like, say, hey, that's all right. Horses have this small thing in their mouth. Now, if you were in the middle of just, you know, I don't know, Montana or somewhere and ran into some wild Mustangs, come on, somebody you probably wouldn't be coming up to that wild horse, okay? But a tamed horse, they, they have this in their mouth here, and with, with the straps, you can literally stir this animal that is way bigger than you any direction that you want it to go. You can turn it any direction, all because of something so small. Now, I have another slide. Look at the next slide here. 
This is the rudder here on a ship. Huge, gigantic ship. And this little piece can help turn it this way or that way. See, what is James trying to convey to us? What is God trying to tell us? That our tongues are no small thing. They're not. See, the tongue is one of the smaller organs of the body, but it can control what a person does and who they become. What you do and who you can become. We need to begin to recognize this in our everyday life because it affects us in so many different areas. And so what I want to do next is I'm going to call up a few people that have asked to join me here at our Mosaic Life talk show here today. And so I'm, I'm going to call up John. John, if you could join me. Lori, or Lori are you here? Um, and uh, Linda, Linda, there we go. So Linda, you join me. And uh, come, guys, have a seat. Linda's coming. John, maybe you sit in the middle. Maybe you sit in the middle. Yeah. Listen. Listen. And uh, I'm going to ask them a few questions. And, and, and how this is going to work here today, if... Now, the only way that you're, everyone's getting a free car after the show, <laughs> you're going to have to be really good at, uh, once they say something, give them a chance to, uh, you know, give them a round of applause. Encourage them, okay? All right? So, <laughs> uh, I, I want to ask you first, John. How can the tongue affect the relationship between a parent and a child? Wow, uh, that's a deep question. Um, you know, uh, I think our job is, as parents, um, our, you know, can everybody hear me? I'm yeah. sorry. You know, our, our job in parent, as parents is to is speak to the potential uh, in, our, in our child's lives. Um, many people who, who are successful in life, not everybody, some people, you know, have just kind of, you know, pulled themselves up by their proverbial bootstraps, so to speak. But like a lot of people, it started off with having parents that were encouraging, you know, um, you know, speaking life over their kids and so on and so forth. Like, you know, <clears throat> it's it's not just you know parents' jobs. You know, it's it's, it's not just our teachers. Our students. I'm sorry, I'm on stage and I'm usually not. I'm sorry, but it's being so articulate. But you know, um, it's not just. Uh, our job to send our, our kids off to the teachers and have the teachers speak positive, positivity over them. It's our jobs at home as parents to speak, speak life over, over our kids, you know. So, um, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we, you know, we have to be intentional about speaking positivity over our kids because um, they grow up, they believe it, you know, and then they, 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 you know, they grow to what we spoke over them. So that's just yeah. how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Now, now, John, for a profession, you are a teacher, correct? I am, yes. Okay, and so uh, you see how, how important it is not only for them to receive encouragement um, and positive at school, but at home as well. Of course, right? It, every, everything starts at home, right? Everything starts at home. Like, all teachers can do, all my job is as teachers to reinforce, you know, um, what's already been started at home, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the, fir the first person that plants seeds into a child's life are the parents. And so, yeah. And, and, and in that same way, we could probably imagine that when not positive words, when negative words are spoken, how it would also have an, uh, a negative outcome over their life. Of course, yeah. You know, I have, you know, I've seen many students who maybe they have low self-esteem or, 
you know, they have issues that, you know, stemmed from, you know, what was done at home, you know, whether it was negative words spoken over them or even lack of not speaking positive words. Maybe the, the parent didn't speak negative words per se, but yet they didn't speak positivity over their child and, you know, and, you know, if parents aren't intentional about that, then, you know, you're leaving it up to other people to speak into your child's life. So, you know, so yeah, it, it, it can have a positive impact or a negative impact, you know, yeah. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. And, and it's so important to remember the redemptive work of Christ. So whatever has happened, wherever, wherever you're at, God can still bring healing in through that. And so we'll talk some more about that. Um, this next question here is, uh, is for Lori, actually. Um, how, how can the tongue affect the relationship between a spouse? So, Pastor Jack, when you asked me to do that one, I had to take a deep breath. Because <laughs> I complain a lot to my husband and about my husband. And I am very convicted about that now that you had asked me to do this. But I noticed that when I complain, you know, he's like, oh, so frustrated with me. And we're frustrated with each other. But my mom says that we're supposed to show love and compassion, right? So every time I get upset, I, I remember that words of wisdom, right? Lori, show love and compassion towards not just others, but your spouse as well. And so I take a deep breath and I say, well, you know, honey, maybe it's not so bad. And, you know, um, then I've learned to just compliment it. Even if I don't like it, just compliment it. And he gets all like, oh, yeah, I did it. You know, I make him um, feel like a man again. <laughs> so just even just complaining. It, it can tear them down, and just little things can and can increase his, um, I don't know, I don't want to say ego. Confidence. Yes, confidence, thank you. So, um, but I thank you for asking me to do that, because I yeah. needed that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's give her a round of applause. And uh, this last question is for you here, Linda. How can the tongue affect the relationship, say, between coworkers? I think for me, as far as my position, I work from home. So my team that I'm on, we're all throughout the United States, um, Arizona, Texas. So their first impression of me, or even just the company itself, is by my words. Um, and I work in the position I do, I have uh, reps that call me that need assistance on a complicated issue, whatever it may be. And I think just my words to them as far as encouragement will make them be a better person um, to handle the situation as well as sometimes you could just hear in their voice that they're just beat down by this call. Um, so I think just encouraging them and letting them know that, hey, you're doing a good job, you know, or even telling them my own struggles, like, you know, this is something I struggle with. So it also gives them the confidence of continuing with their job. Also, I think it kind of uh, shows who I am as a person. So we don't have a face-to-face -face relationship, but they know that, you know, I can call Linda, I'm gonna get that encouragement, or I'm gonna get that wisdom, or I'm gonna get that compassion that, hey, she's been there as well. So definitely, I think as far as my position, my words um, of encouragement, or even just sometimes just listening I think sometimes just being keeping your tongue silent um, is also beneficial um, to to the workplace. Because sometimes you just have to be quiet and just listen, you know. That's so good. Can we give her a round of applause? And you know what? Thank thank you all. Well, yeah. You know. Um, 
Yes. So you've all won cars. Thank you for being our live. Okay. There's so much to say about the tongue and what comes out, how it affects, how it hurts, how it hinders. The second thing that I want us to learn today about the tongue and really what the word of God is teaching us is that your willpower cannot tame it. Your willpower cannot tame it. However you've done things in the past, no matter how mentally strong you are, you can't tame the tongue. No matter what ways you've tried to persevere, in verses 7 through 8, this is for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's what the word says, that the tongue is. Have you ever been to the zoo, Six Flags, the circus? You've probably seen a wild animal like that. That animal could eat you. But we've been able to tame those things. But what James is saying is that we can't tame the we, we can't we can't tame we can't tame our tongue. There's another slide. Can you put up the next slide? And so, sometimes it, it looks just like this. Well, we we can tame, we can tame, we can tame. But who are you to order me around? James is saying, listen, through through mental power, through willpower, but the tongue is different. See, our only hope of controlling our tongues is God's power at work within us. This is what I'm saying. Let God's work happen in your life. Verses 10 through 12, it says this. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Ought not to be so. Ought not to be so. That I shouldn't be praising God and tearing down this person. That, 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 that I, I shouldn't be, uh, you know, Worshiping God here, but cursing this person out. I want you to understand that, listen, I'm, I'm not saying, well, like, if you curse someone out, you can't be a Christian or anything like that. I, I, I'm saying we're, this, is, this is a process of growing and developing, and this is the tongue affects every single one of us. This is this in verse 11. Does the spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What is James trying to convey to us? Is that once we have made the decision to place our faith in Jesus, your relationship with God is restored. Now the sanctifying process of growth and maturity also restores our capacity as image bearers and to see others in the image of Christ. What does that mean? This change in our hearts should also be reflected in our behavior. I want you to get that this morning. If we're on this path with Christ and we're attempting to grow, and by means there's no, we're not perfect, but this is an area that affects us and represents, we go out and we say something, it hurts. We think that it's nothing, but it means everything. And not only maybe the person just, it bounces off, maybe, maybe not, but, but God sees it, what comes out. And it's time that the change in our heart should be reflected in our behavior. Come on, church. It must be just really hitting home because everybody's real quiet. <laughs> How do I begin to tame my tongue? 
Listen, I just want to give you three next steps here really quick, and I'm going to give you a passage of Scripture. And uh, Lillian, can you, actually, can you join me? And, and, and here, here they are, three next steps, okay? First, I need to expose and confess the sin. i got to do that, okay? I, I can no longer pr- pretend that it's not an issue, that it doesn't affect anyone, that it doesn't affect me. i got to expose it. i got to confess it. Number two, got to come to the Lord. This is what humility is. Lord, I need healing. Not only has that been an issue, but God, I need healing from it. I got to come to that place. And number three, pour more of the word into my life. This is a big deal because what you feed your soul, what you feed your spirit will come out. It'll come out. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14, it says this, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and, and, will, hear and will heal their lands. This is the promise of the Lord. That if I expose and confess, if I come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need healing, and, and, and lastly, I, I, I begin to pour in the word of God. I begin to pour in God. This, this is what will happen in my life. Brothers and sisters, for the longest time, I, um, I remember when I first became a Christian and, uh, you know, I loved God and I was passionate about him. And, and, and it was all this. It was, it, was, it was a good thing. I was excited, wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. And it was, it was really, really good. I had the worst potty mouth you can ever imagine. Some of you have heard me share this before. But I would cuss this and this and this and this, and I was convicted by it. I would even say certain things to certain people. I'm just joking, but things would come out of my mouth, and I'm like, all kinds of things that I would deal with. And I, um, I came to this season where I realized, well, what was I really pouring into my life? I was convicted one day, what I was pouring in. And, and um, God, God just brought to me, like, well, look at what you spend your time listening to. And I would listen to all this like secular rap and all this stuff. And it was a lot of cussing and a lot of just uh, degrading people and just, just a lot of stuff. And, and, and you know, I, I didn't grow up in church, okay? And, and this was kind of, this, this, this was a normal thing for me. And so as, I, as I, I began to recognize that this is what I was pouring into my soul. And so I came before the Lord one day and some words came out of my mouth. And those words were like, okay, God, I'm going to. I'm going to give this up for one year. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I say? God has got my new, new collection, some new stuff. You know, you guys remember CDs. Man, we, we don't use much of those. I had all my new stuff, and I was like, man, i just been, been spending money investing in all of this. And so I, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I committed to the Lord. I committed to God. You know what? For one year, I'm going to stop listening to this because I see how it's pouring into my life. And so for one year, I listened to other stuff. I listened to to Christian stuff. I listened to stuff that was positive and uplifting was pouring into me. And by the time the end of that year came, what I didn't realize is something changed, not just here, but here. I, I stopped saying these things. I, was, I stopped having these, these jokes about people. I, I stopped cursing. I, I, you guys don't even know. You see Pastor Jack today, but I, I, I was, you don't know. All right, anyways. And I watched God. This is what I want to tell you. If I plant something, I will harvest what it produces. Right? If, if, I, if I plant it, it will eventually produce something in me. So what's happening in your life right now that maybe shouldn't be happening? 
And I know it can be difficult to break free from some things because they bring comfort. You've been doing them for so long, and you know you probably shouldn't be doing them, but, 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 it's, but it's been happening, and, it, and it's a way just kind of like a safety zone, a comfort place for you. But it's time to break free from those things. It's time to let them go. It's time to allow God to work in your life. Let him work. Let him have his way. Let him shape you and develop you and mold you. Let God do what his heart has always desired for you to do. God wants to take you to a new season. God wants to take you to a new level. God wants to open doors for you, but you got to let him. You think that God's going to push you through a door. No, he'll stand at the door and open it for you. But unless you're willing to let him open it, unless you're willing to let God in, minister to your heart, pour in the goodness of God and watch every single time. I tell you this, church, because I'm living proof of it. I'm living proof. I, I, I am proof that God is real. I am proof that God can do it. Because I tell you, if he could do it in my life, then he can do it in yours. So here's my challenge for you this morning, and we're gonna we're gonna pray, we're gonna take communion, and we're gonna do that. But this is this is my this is my challenge. I want you to look for more intentional, look to be more intentional with, with your tongue by pouring in the word of God. Simple, simple that. That's my challenge for you. This week, this month, this year. Look to be more intentional with your tongue. Pour in the word of God. Pour in the word of God. Pour in the word of God. Read it in. If you don't like to read, listen to the audio Bible. Just listen change from other music and begin to pour in that and you will watch and I'm telling you that it's worth it let me take a moment to pray let me take a moment to pray Heavenly Father I thank you today for your word God these tongues they get us in trouble God's stuff will come out Lord that are just it's not good for us it's not good for them it's not good for our self identity it's not good for theirs God, the truth is, is, we understand scripture that our tongues can literally cut. They have the power of life and death. So, Father, I just pray your blessing and healing in us. Would you strengthen us, Lord? Today we come to a place of confession. We expose it, God. Yep, this has been my issue. Father, step two, would you heal us? Would you heal me, Lord? And step three, God, I'm going to be more intentional about pouring in the right stuff to feed my soul, to feed my spirit, God, to feed me because I understand that I will harvest what I plant. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. Continue to work in us, God. But nobody looking around, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I gotta get right with God. The truth is, it just, I haven't. That, that, that hasn't been me, I have not been right with God. I gotta get right. Maybe you're gonna do that here today for the first time. I want you to know today's a special day for you. Maybe you're here and you're like, you used to walk with God, but you know what? You've just been so far away from him. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's time to come home. It's time. Today is the day. And so if that's either of those two or you, and you say, I got to get right with God, just quickly, nobody looking around, just put your hand up really quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Four of us. Any more? Five. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Seven. Heavenly Father, oh, I'm so grateful for your mercy and your grace, God, your grace. Every time I reflect on your grace, God, we're so undeserved, God, but, you, but you're so good. And so today, Lord, 
We receive your mercy. Today we receive your grace. And today we receive your forgiveness. Forgive us, God, for our sins, for our mistakes. God, for whatever it is that we've made it, Lord, forgive us. God, we want to walk in a relationship with you, Lord, every single day, seeking you, more of you, more of you, more of you in our lives. God, strengthen us, watch over us. God, would your hand be over us, be with our coming and our going, Lord. Bless your church, Lord. Absolutely have your way. And today, God, as we get into communion, I just pray you bless these elements because we have the special opportunity today to reflect on what you've done for us, Lord Jesus. And Heavenly Father, your greater plan at work to redeem us, to restore a right relationship with you. So, Father, I just thank you. And in this moment, we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.